listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I was saying that the last six months of the year are going to be the best that you've ever seen. And I'm still standing on violent increase and expedited favor. And I want to show you in the word of God today why I'm saying what I'm saying. And again, what we're doing to take a hold of this word and make it a reality in our lives. If you missed yesterday's broadcast, it would be good to go back and watch it. Because I was, I taught the point, which is very important to understand, that you can't just give blanket prophecies. You know, people get on television or on live stream or whatever, and people start giving blanket prophecies over everybody that's watching. You can't do that because you can't, I can't get on here and say every person watching me today is you're getting ready to step into a double portion. Like you can, the reason you can't do that is because not everybody will pursue the word of God in obedience. Not everybody will do what the Lord's asking them to do. And so the point I'm making is not everybody will be faithful to the spirit of God and to the word of God. But what I say is this to the faithful, and we dealt with this yesterday to the faithful, this will be the greatest six months you've ever had in Jesus name to the faithful, to the people that have grabbed onto this word by faith that are pursuing it with actions of faith. This will be the greatest six months that you've ever seen in Jesus name. And I prophesied last year twice that this is going to be a year of violent increase, and it already has been, an expedited favor. And uh, I'm going to tell you today why you can have faith and believe that the final six months of this year are going to blow your mind in Jesus' name. I want to start by showing you something in Amos chapter 3, and this is uh, foundational, so you need to see this. If this verse is not marked in your Bible or in your phone or whatever, take a minute to mark it because it's important. I mean, all scripture is important, but it's, I'm saying it's important to what I'm talking about today. Um, Amos chapter three, <clears throat> welcome from Mumbai. Um, Amos chapter three, and I want you to listen to verse number seven. Very important. The Bible says, <clears throat> Amos three, seven, for the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. Now that's an important verse to what we're talking about today. And I want to show you why the Lord God does nothing on, without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. Well, let's ask the question why it's not that God can't do anything. It's that he has set it up to where he won't do anything. Of course, we know God's all powerful. And of course, God will never violate his word. But remember this, he's the one who inspired this word. So he's the one that set the boundaries and the limitations and the standards. So it's not that God can't do anything. It's that he told us, I won't do anything on the earth unless I first reveal my secret 
to my servants, the prophets. Now, we have to ask ourselves the question, why did God set it up that way? Why did he set it up in such a way that he won't do anything unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets? Well, we know in the Old Testament that the, that the prophets were the mouthpiece of God, that they heard from the Lord, they spoke on behalf of God. Everything they said, wrote, became canon of scripture. We have it in our Bible today. What the prophets wrote is in our Bible today as the canon of scripture. They were the mouthpiece of God. But it comes down to a principle that I want you to see and understand from the beginning of time. Um, I'm in now in Isaiah 55 and verse 11, a, a verse that you should well know. Uh, the Lord says this, and I'll actually go back a little bit to verse eight, Isaiah 55, eight. Listen to this. God is saying this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So now jump to 11 and look at this. The Bible says, God's still speaking, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So I want you to understand, and as I'm teaching, jump over with me to the gospel of John chapter one. I'm setting this up for you today so you can understand why uh, I'm teaching like I'm teaching today. So God's saying that when his word goes out, it always accomplishes what he sends it out to do. Never fails. God's word never fails. In fact, if you're in the comments section, put that in today. God's word never fails. First thing I want you to write in the comments today, God's word never fails. It never does. When it goes out from his mouth, it accomplishes what he sends it to do. Always, always. And so I want you to see this today. Uh, he said, number one, my word doesn't fail, but number two, I won't do anything on the earth without revealing my secret to the, my servants, the prophets. And we're going to get to why in a minute. Now look at this in John chapter one, listen to this in the beginning was the word God's word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things, now here, catch this. This is so important. Verse three, all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So do you understand what's going on here? Everything that was created, everything came from the word of God. It's a creative, powerful force. And of course, we know it's the most creative and powerful force in all of the universe. Nothing's greater than the word of God. That's why when it was time for you and for me to be saved and to be delivered from the kingdom of darkness, who did God send? He sent the word made flesh who dwelt among us. God literally sent the most powerful force he could send to the earth. His word made into flesh. That's Jesus. 
So everything that we see was made by God's word. Think about this. Even man and woman, when God formed man from the dust of the earth, notice he wasn't alive yet until he opened his mouth and his breath came into man, his breath. And so that's the same. You understand the same breath that created everything you see is the same breath that gave life to you and to me. And so his word is the creative force. It's the thing that brings things into being. And then, of course, it's the most powerful force in the universe. And so now, because he has given authority and dominion to his people on the earth, God is the one who set that system up. And notice this, God's not going to violate his own system. He established it. He established it. Adam fell and gave that authority to Satan. But Jesus came and took that authority back and now has given it to you and given it to me. And that's why the Bible says in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, I give unto you all authority over the power of the enemy. So we now have, again, all authority. So why is it that the Bible says God will not do anything on the earth unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets? It is because God does everything by a word. And I want you to write that in the comments today. God does everything by a word. It's how he works. It's how he functions. It's always how he functions. How do people get saved? The Bible says God has chosen the foolishness of preaching. You've got to preach the word. How does faith come to be healed? How does faith come to prosper? How does faith come to be delivered? How does faith come to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. God does everything by a word. Everything. And so now you can understand why it's so important that God does nothing on the earth unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Now in the Old Testament, and of course in the New, we have actual prophets that sit in the office of the prophet. If you don't know, there's five-fold ministry gifts that God has given to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, five. And prophet is still a valid ministry gift today, no matter what you hear from some religious person that would like to claim prophets are no longer in existence. Prophets and apostles are still in existence today. Not the apostles of the lamb, they're all dead. But there are apostles that are alive on the earth today, as well as prophets. But One of the things that you need to understand is that it's different in the New Testament because now, see, in the Old Testament, nobody could be filled with the Holy Ghost. Nobody could be. Only the prophets who were called into that place could speak on behalf of God because God gave them his word and they released it. It's a bit different in the New Testament. Because even though we have prophets that sit in the office of a prophet in the New Testament, every believer is filled with the Holy Ghost 
And though they may not be a prophet, they have the ability to prophesy by the Holy Spirit that dwells within them. And that's what Paul was teaching to the Corinthian church when he taught about the gifts of the Spirit. He taught them that there are nine gifts of the Spirit that every believer has the ability to operate in. There's the gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healings. There's tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. There's the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that every believer has the ability to operate in as the Spirit wills, the Bible says. So though you might not be a prophet or sit in the prophetic office that God gave to the church, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the ability to prophesy when the Holy Spirit leads you to prophesy. So when you begin to say, now, now think about this. When you begin to speak what God has already said, you are prophesying, and the Bible teaches this, when you're preaching or declaring the word of God, you are prophesying. You are saying what God already said. So it's not wrong to understand that if, for example, uh, the enemy tries to attack your body with sickness and you have the symptoms of sickness, you're not denying it. You know, people go around like, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. We're not denying that it exists. But what we're saying is, this is not my final truth or my final story. So when the doctor may say, well, you have this, you have that, and declare that, you know, I'm sick, me saying, no, the Bible says, by whose stripes I was healed 2,000 years ago. And if I was healed, then I am healed. Because the same stripes Jesus took upon his back 2,000 years ago bore the same healing for me that I can access in 2020. And I declare, even though the doctor says I'm sick, even though I see symptoms in my body, I declare I am healed by the blood of Jesus. I am healed by the mighty word of God. Well, though it has not manifested yet in your physical body, what are you doing? You are prophesying to your own flesh. You are prophesying what will come to pass in your own life because of the word of God. So when you speak the word of God over your life, over your family, over your finances, over your future, and you align your words with God's words, you are prophesying over your future. Well, it doesn't look like that yet. It doesn't look like healing has come yet. It doesn't look like we're blessed yet. It doesn't look like we're debt-free yet. It doesn't look like my marriage is coming back together yet. It doesn't look like my children love me again yet. It doesn't look like, and you can look at the natural, or you can say what God's word says and prophesy to your future. And by the power of God's word. Now, see, one of the things I want to distinguish between is There are three areas I want to deal with. Number one, a prophet is anointed by God to prophesy. No question about it. Someone who stands in the office of a prophet is anointed to prophesy. Then there could be a time where a minister like myself 
or any other believer, the Holy Ghost can come upon them and they can operate by the gift of the Spirit, the gift of prophecy. And any believer who's filled with the Holy Ghost has the ability to operate in the gift of prophecy when the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they can begin to prophesy a specific prophecy. And then there's what I just told you is the third area. When you align your words with what God's word already says, you are prophesying. Because though it doesn't look that way in the natural, you're saying what God promised and stepped into covenant with you about. And as you declare it, the power of this word comes out of your mouth and creates reality. And so why do you think that my wife and I use that phrase so often where we say, that's not my story in Jesus' name. That will not be my story. My story won't look like everybody else's story. Why do you think we talk like that? Because what we're doing is we are negating or not receiving what's going on in the natural realm and we're declaring what God's word says over us and declaring my future will look like this, not like this. I want, to, I want you to get that. My future will look like this, not like this. I can read all kinds of things on here, all kinds of reports, Fox News on Twitter. I can watch clips on YouTube. I can see all kinds of things that are being said in the natural realm. You can align your life with this or you can align your life with this. And so the reason we say that, it's not my story in Jesus' name. Well, there's going to be a recession. Not for me. Well, there's going to be a pandemic. Not for me. Well, there's going to be violence in your region. Not for me. There's planes that are crashing, cars that are crashing. Not for me. Because my life won't be defined by this. My life will be defined by this. So what am I doing? You know, I, I can't stand it when people say to me, well, we don't, we don't know about tomorrow. We just don't know what tomorrow may bring. And they're not talking about Jesus may come. They're talking about, well, you might get sick. You might have an accident. You might get in a car crash. You might find yourself going to heaven. You don't know what tomorrow brings. If you know the word of God, you can know what tomorrow brings. What do I mean by that? Because people who say that kind of stuff, and they saying, they're saying it in the context of, Calamity could could hit your life tomorrow, and you just have to know we don't know the future. We don't know the future. And they talk like that, as though any evil thing could hit the people of God, and that takes God by surprise, and we somehow don't know about it, and will be destroyed. That's not my story in Jesus' name. Why? Because I align my words and my life with what God's word already said. If you can read, now I've, I've, I've brought this out before, but I want to say it again because people have said a lot of stupid things during this pandemic. There's a lot of people that have even used scripture out of context, which I could not believe, couldn't believe. Just people that don't know the word of God. They simply don't know it. They simply don't know it. There's people that say things from the Bible that are so far out of context I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, but if you can read Psalm 91 and understand it is a Psalm that's talking about divine protection from the power of God for the people of God, and then understand this is found in the old Testament. 
The Old Testament, which was a covenant that was not anywhere close to as good as the covenant I currently have and you currently have. In fact, the book of Hebrews tells us we have a better covenant established upon better promises. So if my promises are better, if my covenant is better, then nothing I find in the Old Testament should be better for them under a worse covenant without a redeemer than what I have and what you have in the New Testament covenant with the blood of Jesus, with the resurrection, with the ascension, with the infilling of the Holy Ghost and seating us in heavenly places. I mean, there should be no way because understand this, if I can look in the old covenant and find all kinds of things that were better than what I can have now, then this truly is not a better covenant established upon better promises because there are many areas where the old covenant was better than what I have now. That's not the case. And Hebrews tells us it's not the case. We have a better covenant. Are you telling me? God would protect his Old Testament people more than his New Testament people who are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, who are made new creatures in Christ Jesus, who are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, far above principalities and powers. I mean, you think about that. Nobody in the Old Testament was a new creation. Nobody in the Old Testament was seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Nobody in the Old Testament was blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's Ephesians 1.3. Nobody in the Old Testament had that stuff. We all have it in the New Covenant. So don't tell me that there's people in the Old Testament that had it better and had better benefits and better promises, and better miracles than what we have now. That's baloney. We have a better covenant, better promises, better power, better authority, better glory, better benefits because of Jesus. So when I prophesy over my future, I am saying what God said. Remember this, just because we have a New Testament doesn't mean the Old Testament is done. Jesus didn't cancel out the Old Covenant. He fulfilled it. So, and the Bible says in Malachi chapter three, God told his people, I'm the Lord your God. I don't change. Hebrews 13, verse eight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. So if I look back and see that God was willing to protect his old covenant people, Psalm 91. Go and read about uh, <clears throat> the, the, the story. That's why I, This is why I wrote the book Blood on the Door, by the way, if you don't have it. This is the reason right here that I, that I wrote it. Because I saw so many people walking in fear, not understanding what they have in Jesus. If you go back to Egypt during the Exodus, look at what God did to protect them when a death angel came through. You're telling me God would do that for Old Testament people and he won't do much more for me who is washed in the blood of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ? No, he's the same God. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. 
So if he was a protector then, he's a protector now. What do you think? God's power got weaker over the last 2,000 years? Over the last 4,000 years? Over the last 6,000 years? You think God's power was great in Egypt, but in 2020, somehow God's power has diminished? Absolutely not. He's the Lord your God. He does not change. He does not change. Jesus Christ does not change. If God was protecting them then, Psalm 91, Psalm 23, Exodus, Leviticus. If he was protecting them then, he's protecting us now with the same power if we're under the shadow of the Almighty. Same power. When I prophesy over my future, I am prophesying what God already said. Saying what he already said. And when I say what he said, guess what? I am prophesying. Because even though it doesn't, it may not look this way right now, it's about to look this way because I'm speaking it. And listen to me, the same power that comes out, and that's why I read you Isaiah 55 and verse 11, I hope you wrote it down, that when his words come out of his mouth, they always accomplish what he sends them to do. It doesn't matter if they come out of his mouth or if they come out of your mouth. Because remember this, you are the body of Christ. And if you're the body of Christ, it doesn't matter if they come out of God the Father's mouth, Jehovah, if they come out of Christ's mouth, or if they come out of your mouth, who you are, Christ on the earth, part of his body, doesn't matter whose mouth they come out of, they always accomplish what he sends them to do always accomplish what he sends them to do. And so get this, God's word coming out of my mouth is as powerful as God's word coming out of his mouth. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. I want you to write that in your notes and I want you to write it in the comments. God's word coming out of my mouth is as powerful as his word coming out of his mouth. If you understand identification with Christ, you're not separated from Christ. You are united with Christ. You are one with Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. You are him on the earth. You've been grafted in by the spirit of adoption, Paul said. And so God's words coming out of his mouth are the same as God's words coming out of our mouth. So why I'm saying what I'm saying today, and we're talking about the fact what's going to happen in the last six months of 2020, I'm explaining to you why we're saying what we're saying. The reason we're declaring what's going to happen in the last six months of 2020 is because I don't care. I don't care what's on the news. I don't care what's coming out of the government. I don't care what's coming out of corporations or political groups. I don't care what's coming out of the mouths of lobbyists. I don't care what other nations are saying. They are not my standard of living. My standard of living, your standard of living, is right here in the written word of God. And when we declare it, the things we declare by faith are coming to pass. They're coming to pass. That's why I'll read you this. Jesus taught his disciples this way. Absolutely he did. Absolutely he did. Listen to this. I'll read it to you. Because Jesus wanted his disciples to know exactly 
Matthew 18, 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You see that? Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask. So anybody that that wants to read this passage and say, well, Brother Ted, you're taking that out of context because that's talking about church governance and church government. If somebody sins against somebody else and two or three are gathered to judge the person. Well, the, the inspired scripture actually says, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, not just about the context of this passage, about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Anything they ask, not just about judging a brother or sister, not just about church government or governance, anything they ask, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I have to believe that the Holy Spirit said what he meant and meant what he said. When he said anything, he opened the door to the power of God in your life. He said, when we agree together, which is why we're agreeing together, which is why those of you that are joining with me, you're the faithful, you're part of the Victory Tribe. You heard me announce it yesterday that one of the ways that we're taking the promise of God for 2020 in the last six months, we're going to fast and pray again. We're going to fast and pray again, starting tomorrow the 11th through the 31st of July, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Join me. Join me. My father's fasting. I'm fasting. My wife is fasting. The Victory Tribe, we're fasting together. Why? We're believing God for breakthrough in America and around the world. We're not just going to sit back. See, here, here's the problem that many people have, is they hear a word from God And then they just think, well, that's just going to be automatic. No, it's not automatic. You have to have faith in the word of God that was spoken. I showed you this yesterday from 2 Chronicles 7, or excuse me, from 2 Kings, where the Bible says Elisha prophesied that the famine was coming to an end and that uh, flour and barley would be sold at the gate for one shekel. And the captain, whom the king leaned upon, said, If the Lord opened the windows of heaven, this couldn't happen. And Elisha said, You'll see it happen with your own eyes, and you'll not be able to partake of it. And the next day, when it happened, the Bible says the food came, the famine was over, they were selling it for a cheap price at the gate, and the people ran in and trampled the captain to death, and he died seeing the promise of God, but not being able to partake of the promise of God. If you hear a word, you be, this is what you better do. You better go after it by faith and take hold of what God said is yours, because faith without works is dead being alone. I don't just hear a word and say, amen, isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. No, I pursue that word by faith. If I hear it and I believe it, guess what I do? I act like it's true. I talk like it's true. I sow like it's true. I I live like it's true. And that's what we're going to do. We're standing out. If we're saying, if we're saying that the last six months of this year are going to be the greatest that we've ever seen, then we're also going to press in like they're going to be the greatest. 
We're also we're going to provoke the power of God. That's what yesterday's broadcast was about. Go back and listen or watch if you didn't get it. But today I want to show you why. Because as we press in, things change. As we speak, the same creative power that comes out of God's mouth, it comes out of our mouth. Comes out of our mouth. And we can create by what we say. Bible says in Proverbs 18:21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you haven't shared this yet, you need to share it today because we're getting ready to blow up in, in the last six months of this year. July through December, I'm dancing. I'm flying. I'm going to soar above my enemies. I'm going to soar above every devil. I'm going to soar above sickness. I'm going to soar above poverty. I'm going to soar above uh, depression and anxiety. I'm going to soar above every wicked thing sent to destroy my life, ministry, or family. And you are too. We're going to fly above it in Jesus' name. Flying above it in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, the reason God reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Now, that was Old Testament. In the New Testament, God can reveal secrets to you because you're filled with his Holy Spirit and he teaches you all things. So if you have the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of truth, John says, then the same spirit of truth that spoke to the prophets in the Old Testament is the same spirit of truth speaking to every believer in the New Testament. God can speak his secrets to you. And as he speaks his secrets to you, you can declare them out of your mouth and bring them into a reality. That's why Jesus uh, taught his disciples. I'm going to read it to you. Mark chapter 11, very famous passage. Verse 23, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, notice you have to say, not just whoever believes this mountain, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it'll be done. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it'll be yours. You don't believe you receive it when it happens. You believe you receive it when you pray. You say it and you believe it's done when you're saying it. And when you do, that kind of faith brings it to pass. The Bible says in in, uh, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. That's exactly right, Jabari. So understand this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. When you speak something, Either death is coming out or life is coming out. And both are from God. I don't speak life to cancerous tumors. I don't speak life to sickness. If I'm praying for somebody, including myself, if something tries to come on me that's not from God, I speak death to that thing in Jesus' name and I command that thing to shrivel and die. Tumors have to die. Cancer cells have to die by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Any issue that's foreign in your body, viruses, bacteria has to die. When you speak, speak death to it, command it to die. Notice Jesus didn't just speak life to the fig tree. He spoke death because it was in rebellion to his father's command. It refused to produce fruit. And so Jesus spoke death. You've got to understand that when you speak, your words carry power. They're not just 
arbitrary. They carry life-giving or death-bringing power. Because you've been united with Christ, you're like God. You've been made in his image and in his likeness. And you've got to take advantage of that power. It's what we're doing. We continually confess. I hope you've been confessing it. 2020 is my year of violent increase and expedited favor. Violent increase, expedited favor. Violent increase, expedited favor. I don't care what everybody else is saying. I do not care. And let me tell you another thing. Don't allow somebody else's experience or story of their life to govern your standard. So, well, brother, I know you preach that faith and I know you talk about protection, but I know so-and-so and he was a great man of God and he loved the Lord and he went to church and he prayed, but you know, he died in a plane crash. Listen, his story is not my standard. His story is not my standard. This word is my standard. So because I don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes of somebody's life, I refuse to make a human being my standard of living when God's giving, given me his inerrant, inspired word that's written to us. This is my standard, not a person. If I Listen, if I was basing my life on the life of some other person, I'd fail every time because people are imperfect. This word is perfect. So I don't base what's going on in my life on someone else's life or someone. Did you know even Paul, who was the greatest apostle of the New Testament, wrote, uh, you know, close to two thirds of the New Testament that God entrusted him to do that? Did you know even Paul said, only follow me as I follow Christ? Meaning, if I stop following Christ, stop following me. Follow, he didn't just blanket, make a blanket statement, hey, everybody, follow me. That's not what Paul said. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. He was giving them an out. He understood, if I no longer follow Christ, don't follow me. He told the the churches, he said, if there's people claiming to be apostles that come to you and preach a different doctrine, don't believe them and cast them out. So notice, there was a standard. There was a standard. Only follow me. So I don't govern my life and set my expectations based upon a person. I set my expectations based upon the word. You'll never fail if you do that. That's why people get so taken out, you know, with when a minister that's popular has a problem and falls or, you know, you find them in, in uh, you know, some kind of sin or they embezzled money or they went to jail or whatever may happen. And people, you know, they lose their whole religion. Oh, I can't believe it. I trusted him. And you know, it just it destroys their whole Christian world. Why? Because they were putting their faith in a personality instead of the word of God. I don't care who falls. I don't care who makes a mistake. No human falling or making a mistake will ever shake my faith in the almighty God because people are imperfect. Only Christ was absolutely perfect, but his word is still perfect and always will be. I don't care who makes mistakes. I don't care who may fall. It'll never shake my my faith in Christianity or in God's word. You know, you hear these people, famous people in the Christian music industry. I no longer believe in God. I'm an atheist now. 
And then you look at their reasoning as to why they've chosen to be an atheist. It's like, bro, your pastor has some serious explaining to do if you are so shallow in your understanding of the word of God that one or two life experiences could turn you into an atheist. Makes me wonder if you ever believed in Christ at all. And people are like that. There's people that are so shallow in the word of God. That's why I preach so hard that we must know what the word of God says. It's your standard of living. You know, one of the things that um, I will say publicly on this broadcast, that you'll hear a lot of reformed Presbyterians or reformed Baptists uh, like Calvinists say, one of the things they believe, one of what's called the five solas is sola scriptura, which means scripture alone. Which, you know, if you listen to um, what a, a Reformed Presbyterian or Reformed Calvinist of, of any denomination would say is, you know, they don't believe in, in private revelation of the Holy Spirit speaking to an individual believer and leading and guiding them. They don't believe that happens in, in now in this dispensation, this time that it was done when the last apostle died. But they believe in scripture alone, meaning this is the, the final word. There's nothing else we can know outside of scripture. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead us individually. He doesn't speak to us. Only the word speaks to us. Scripture alone. I would rather believe that in some cases than some of these nut job charismatics and nut job Pentecostals that ever, they don't even crack their Bible open to preach anymore. They don't even crack their Bible open to read it. And they come up with these insane doctrines and insane thought process. It's like, where, bro, where did you get that? That's out of a weird dream you had. And people get up and preach stuff with these new revelations they have from God, dream interpretations and things they've gotten from somehow from the Holy Ghost. You can clearly see it's not from the Lord. I've been in services and it blew my mind the first time it happened, but it blew, you know, to think that services can really be this way where somebody gets up and preaches an entire message and never opens the Bible one time. What is your problem? And you think you're a minister on behalf of God. You're a joke. You're a joke because what you're saying is that your thoughts and your opinions and your put together little speech is more important and takes a higher priority than the written word of almighty God. What a foolish way to live your life. And I'll tell you the honest truth about it. I'd rather be, you know, in the, in the position of sola scripture. Of course I'm not. I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to us individually, but I would never, ever take something that I said the Holy Spirit said to me if it contradicted the mighty written word of God. This is above all things. It's above all things. Everything you do, think, or say can be judged by this written word. Everything. I don't care if you prophesy. I don't care if you give a word in tongues and interpretation. I don't care. I don't care what it is. You preach a message. Everything can be judged by the written word of God. Everything. And so when I see some of these nut job charismatics and Pentecostals, and I am Pentecostal and I am charismatic. I believe in the the, the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation today. I speak with other tongues, not foreign languages. I speak in an unknown language that is a heavenly language that's taught throughout the book of Acts that Paul taught in the, to the Corinthian church. I believe in all of that. Miracles, signs, wonders, we press for it. But I would rather stand 
with those that say stick to the word than I would these nut jobs who give us all a bad name because they're out there spouting off crazy nonsense. It's no wonder to me, and and I'm not on a tangent. This is part of what I'm talking about today. It's no wonder to me why people, you know, dismiss prophecy and dismiss tongues and interpretation and dismiss all of the declarations and confessions when you hear some of the things that these people are prophesying. They're nut jobs. Somebody needs to take their microphone away and, and smack them on the head with it. Maybe, just maybe, it would knock some sense back into them. I would rather stand with the word any day than what some nut job said that they heard from the Holy Spirit. Everybody's seeing angels. Everybody's going to heaven. I believe you can see angels. Do I believe God took you to heaven 13 times? You know, when he took the apostle Paul to heaven once? No, I don't. There's a guy that did a a a quote-unquote translation of the Bible that's not a translation of the Bible who said that he went to heaven and walked through the libraries of heaven and Jesus showed him a book. And he said, what is that? What is that, Lord? And Jesus said, that's the 22nd chapter of John that the earth is not quite ready for yet. But when they are ready, I'll give it to you and you can put it in your Bible translation. Well, you're a nut job because the Bible has already told us that we can't take away or add anything to the written word of God. And people hear that stuff on a television show and they go, oh my goodness, wow, that's so powerful. I can't wait till God does give him the 22nd chapter of John. It's like, bro, you're a nut job. And so it's no wonder to me why Pentecostalism and uh, you know the charismatic movement has gotten such a bad rap among people that actually have brains. <laughs> And then, we, and then people look at us because we want to prophesy through the word of God what the future holds and say we don't receive sickness or report of sickness. We don't receive calamity. We don't receive these reports so you never know what happens tomorrow. You could die tomorrow. I can't die tomorrow. No, I can't. Stop telling people that are saved that you could die tomorrow. Stop saying that. Because if I remember the word correctly, God said with long life will I satisfy them. That was the Old Testament, by the way. So what are you telling us? He's going to satisfy his old covenant children with long life, and we in the new covenant have to suffer with a short life because we don't know what happens tomorrow, brother. You could die tomorrow. I'm not dying tomorrow. I'm not dying next week. I won't die 10 years from now if Jesus tarries. I won't die 50 years from now if Jesus tarries. Not dying. I said I'm not dying. With long life will I satisfy thee. With long life, not short life, long life. That's not an excuse to live outside of wisdom. You understand? Buy a motorcycle and do 220 miles an hour on the interstate every day with no helmet on. Say, no, with long life. Like a nut job. You still use wisdom. But I'm not going to creep around in fear acting like, "I, I, I don't know. There's something, there's people that won't even leave their house. Christians won't even leave their house. There's stuff out there, brother. I'm telling you, I got to be careful. I got to, I got to watch it. They're living in a spirit of fear. They can't even go to the grocery store. There's Christians 
that are literally wearing masks and face shields in a car by themselves driving from point A to point B. That's not wisdom. That's a spirit of fear. That's stupidity. It's total stupidity. Well, brother, you know there's stuff out there. There's always been stuff out there. It doesn't mean you'll die. It doesn't mean you'll be harmed. What do you think? You have a less safe life than what King David had? (laughs) What do you think? Your life is more dangerous than the Old Testament people of God living in America in 2020? Nuts. And I'm telling you that we can see clearly the Lord has spoken and we know what we can declare over our future. And I said this all the way back at the beginning. I'm not one of these guys that says like, you know, this is all we can do in 20. This is only the word for 2020. You know, it's like that these guys prophesy supernatural things that are general over a year as if it's the only year we can get in on it. I'm not telling you. I've said this from the beginning. I am not telling you that 2020 is the only year that you can see violent increase and expedited favor. It's the word I heard from the Lord last year. I began to confess it. But as we know from God's word, his desire is never ending increase for his children. So understand it. I'll be able to walk in in violent increase and expedited favor in 2021 and in 2022. His goodness isn't going to stop. But if you weren't confessing it before, I'm rallying the troops to get your faith built and start confessing this is my year. And now with everything going on, you can clearly see why God revealed his secrets to us in the end of 2019 so that before we knew any of this stuff would happen. Look at all the testimonies that are coming in. People saying, I got raises, I got bonuses, I got promotions. All these things, that testimonies that are coming in, it's happening for us, it's happening for you. It's no, it's, it's no wonder that God gave us his secrets ahead of time. Why? So we could start saying them. Why? God does everything by a word. Everything by a word. And as we declare it, the power of that word comes out of our mouth and begins to create. And then, of course, one of the things that we're going to do starting tomorrow is we're going to fast and we're going to pray. And I'm going to show you something. Kim Hughes said, I just got promoted yesterday. I'm telling you, the the testimonies keep coming in. Why? Because God honors his word. And if we've got faith, that's why I call you the victory tribe. Now, if you're here as a visitor and you don't believe any of this, that's fine. Stick around and listen to me. But if you want to be on the fringe, that's up to you. But for the faithful, I'm talking to the victory tribe that believe what I'm talking about, that believe what I'm saying. We're going to see the victory and we're going to be walking in increase like we never have. And our fasting and our prayer is going to create even a greater provocation of God. We're going to provoke his power. We usually start every year, 21 day fasting and prayer in January. Now six months has passed and we're stepping into the six months that we prophesy would be the greatest. And we're going to provoke him again with dedication. We're going to provoke him again with our actions. And I want you to see this. Isaiah 58. If you have my book, Blood on the Door, you can read the chapter that I wrote that's entitled, the protective power of fasting and prayer. 
and you'll see what I'm talking about. Let me just go over these because this is, thank you, Lewenda, for sowing a seed. Um, the Bible says in verse 8 of Isaiah 58, and this is talking about once they begin to fast and pray the way the Lord told them. One of the things that I read to you yesterday was 2 Chronicles 7. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. You see that, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. I will hear from heaven if they'll humble themselves and pray, and I will heal their land. We're believing God will do that for us. Isaiah 58, 8. When you begin to fast and pray, look, then will your light break forth like the dawn or like the morning. That's number one. Your light will break forth. Anywhere you study this in scripture, light is talking about the revelation knowledge of the word of God. <clears throat> Bible says in Psalm 119 and verse 130, the entrance of his words brings light and gives understanding to the simple. So one of the powerful things about this is when you gain revelation of God's word, it gives you the ability to walk in the power of that word. Notice, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's John 8:32. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, not because the devil's attacking, because they don't have proper knowledge. The thing that keeps you in prison, according to scripture, is you don't have the truth. So when the truth of God's word comes to you, it puts you on another level, breaks you out of prison and lets you walk in a place where you flourish. Some of you can probably remember the first time you ever heard the truth that God heals. His healing power is available to you. If you remember that, it broke you into a different place. You're like, what? I can believe for healing in my body, not just salvation. I can believe that Jesus will heal me now here on the earth. It's a revelation. When you get it, you can walk in it. And when you fast and pray, one of the, the first promise is that new revelation of God's word is going to come to your life. And so one of the things that I want you to believe for in these 21 days of fasting and prayer is that God would open the eyes of your understanding and give you wisdom and revelation of his word that you've never had before. And as he gives it to you, you're going to walk at a new level in Jesus' mighty name. Number two, the second thing, then will your healing spring up speedily? So if you've been battling in your physical body, if something's come against you and you're battling sickness or disease, whatever it may be, as we fast and pray, you need to expect quick healing to come upon your body. As we fast and pray, believe, now, by the way, let me say this, this is one of the avenues, this is one of the methods that God uses to release healing to his people. Yes, he uses the laying on of hands. Yes, he uses the spoken word. Yes, he uses prayer cloths. Yes, he uses anointing with oil. He used Peter's shadow. But one of the ways that he uses, uh, one of the avenues he uses is fasting and prayer. And the Bible says that as we begin to fast and pray, guess what's gonna happen? That there's going to be a quick healing that comes into my body. Your health will spring forth speedily. 
Your health will spring forth speedily. So as you fast and pray over these next 21 days, one of the things you need to believe God to do is heal your body quickly. If you're battling high blood pressure, if you're battling sugar, you know, type 2 diabetes, if you're battling cancer, if you're battling arthritis, whatever it might be, you believe the Lord. One of your prayer points should be, thank you, Lord Jesus, that according to your word, as I fast and pray, my health is springing forth speedily, that sickness and disease are leaving my body in Jesus' name. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, and today he's quickening my mortal body in Jesus' name. And you make that a prayer point, and you, every day you begin to re receive quick healing into your body. And if you're already healed, receive fresh strength from the Holy Ghost. That's number two. Number three, and your righteousness shall go before you. That's the third thing. Well, if you understand the revelation where the Bible says the prophet Jeremiah wrote, the Lord is our righteousness. So if God's our righteousness and our righteousness goes before us, that means God himself is going out ahead of us in the same way that he did for the children of Israel when they, when he parted the Red Sea. And, and Psalm 77 tells us, in verse 19, God was the one who went ahead of them and walked through the sea, and that's why the sea parted. It stood up and dry ground had to present itself to the people of Israel because God walked ahead of them. Their righteousness went before them. The Bible says in uh, Isaiah 45, God spoke to King Cyrus and said, I will go out and make the crooked places straight. So when we fast and pray, the Lord, who is our righteousness, goes before us. He removes obstacles. He makes the crooked places straight so that we can move forward with momentum. We don't have to turn to the left or to the right. We don't have to go through an obstacle course. He removes our obstacles and opens up the way. If anything has been standing in front of you, get ready. It's about to move in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost on that one. Anything that's been standing in front of you, get ready. It's about to be moved out of the way. I want you to put it in the comments in all caps today. Every obstacle is moving. I say this because I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it. You don't have to move to avoid your obstacles. Your obstacles have to move to avoid you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to move to avoid my obstacles. My obstacles have to move to avoid me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. According to scripture, my righteousness goes before me. Who is the Lord? Do you know in Joshua chapter three, they came to the banks of the Jordan River that were overflowing because it was the harvest season. It was a mighty rushing river that they could not cross, but God told them to cross it. So he told them how. He said, let the priests who are bearing the Ark of the Covenant let them go out ahead of everybody else and step into the river. And the Bible says, as they did, when their toes hit the banks of the river, the water folded up on top of itself and flowed the other direction. And where it parted, the other water flowed down to the end. 
to a town called Adam and the, the ground was made dry and the priest stood out in the middle of the riverbed holding the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of the Lord until the entire nation had crossed the river on dry ground. You know why? Because their obstacle had to move for them. Thank you, Jesus. Every obstacle is moving. I don't have to move for my obstacles. They have to move for me. And I'm prophesying to you based on this principle. You get ready to see it. I'm talking to the faithful today. Those that are pressing in, those that are obeying the word, those that are doing what God said to do, watch and see that in 2020, in the last six months of this year, watch obstacles, get up and move out of your way in the mighty name of Jesus. So that by the time you hit December 31st, you look back and see how far you've come like a, like a running back who has great offensive linemen that have knocked every tackler out of the way and they just walked into the end zone and started an end zone dance. Get ready. That same untouchable power is coming upon you because the Lord is going out ahead of you and smacking your obstacles out of the way and making the crooked places straight and you're about to run with a new momentum in the mighty name of Jesus. That's three. Number four. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. God's got your back, watching you from behind. No enemy can perform a sneak attack against you. No enemy can come up behind you and take you out. Hallelujah. Why? God will warn you ahead of time. God will take out your enemies. God will destroy everything that's standing against you. And you'll walk in perfect peace because God's got your back. He's watching over. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The glory of the Lord. Think about that. The very glory of God. You know what's interesting? Uh, if you study the armor of God, all of it covers your front. You've got a helmet, breastplate, got a shield. You've got the, the your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You've got the belt of truth. You've got a sword, but some have asked, what about your back? My, is my back covered? God didn't give you armor for your back because he himself and his glory will be guarding your back for you. Just type it in the comments. God's got my back. This scripture is telling us plainly, God has got my back. Put it in the comments and don't ever forget it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God's got my back. Thank you, Lord. That's it. God's got my back. And look at this. Number five. And then you shall call and the Lord will answer you. You'll cry and he'll say, here I am. And so quick answers to prayer. Number five, quick answers to prayer. As you begin to fast and pray, get ready. For quick answers to prayer in the final six months of 2020 in Jesus' name. We're fasting and praying to kickstart this. Believing God for the most violent six months of increase that we've ever seen. I'm not talking about little stuff. I'm talking about stuff that's so extreme 
It blows the natural mind. Hallelujah. So extreme, it blows the natural mind that people that aren't even Christians will come up to you and ask how it's done. How did that happen? How'd you get that? Where'd that come from? I've never seen, how did, people say, I've never seen anything like that. You know why? Because the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined the things that God has prepared for those that love him. I know in context that's talking about heaven, but I believe we can experience the blessings of heaven on the earth. People, their minds will be blown. Their minds will be blown as they see what God does for you. I'm going to say it like Psalm 126. It'll be said among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. Just like when he brought them out of captivity and the nation said God did great things for them. In the same way, as God brings us into our blessing, there will be people who are not even Christians that will look at what God's doing and say, I don't know what that is, but God did that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exceeding abundance. That's right, Mike. Exactly. This is going to be such a phenomenal six months. And I don't care what's going on. I don't care what happens all around us. That doesn't define our future. It does not define our future. The word of God does and our faith in that word. And our faith, catch this now because this is important. Our faith is governed by our actions. You can say you've got faith. Thank you, Nick. Love you, buddy. You can say you've got faith all day long. But James said, faith without works is dead being alone, right? So it's got to be our actions that prove our faith. That's why we're taking this time to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. What are we going to do? We're going to diligently seek him through fasting and prayer. You say, well, I've had people say, well, I don't know if I can do the whole 21 days. Do what you can within the 21 days. Many of you can do it. Many of you can do it, but you might say, well, I don't know if I can do the whole 21 days. Do 10, take a day off and do another 10, you know, do six days, take a day off, do another six, take a day off, do another six, whatever you've got to do, but join in. Don't let this time of prayer and fasting go by you and you didn't do anything. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't let 21 days go by you from the 11th through the 31st. And you, you fasted one day. Don't do that. If you're believing for violent increase, see, God doesn't bless everybody the same. That needs to be said. God doesn't reward everybody the same. He's not a socialist. God doesn't believe in the equal distribution of wealth. To him that has, more will be given. And to him that does not have, even what he does have will be taken away, Matthew 25. He's not a socialist. God believes in faithfulness, dedication, and production. And so he's looking for productive people that'll believe his word and take actions to obey it. And when he finds us, my friend, let me tell you something. When he finds us, he shows himself strong and mighty on our behalf. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. He's going to show strong support to those that are seeking after him. And we are going to be those people. I said, we're going to be those people. In Jesus' name, let everybody else slack off 
and act like they can throw life into cruise control and still walk in the overwhelming blessing of God. You keep doing what you think you can do. I'm going to press in harder than I ever have and watch God bless me at a greater level. Because let me tell you something, I'm not even close to done. I'm just getting started. You're not even close to being done. You're just getting started. In fact, I don't care what age you are. I don't care what age you are. We have people on here that watch on YouTube that are 11 years old. We have senior saints on here that are old, older people in their 70s and 80s. Let me tell you, I don't care what age you are. I want you to type it in the comments right now. I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. You cannot be past your prime if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, if God's power is working in you. You can be like Caleb in the Old Testament. Say, I might be 85 today, but I'm stronger than when I was 40. (laughs) You can't be past your prime. Put it in the comments. I don't care what your age is. I'm just getting started. Just getting started. And so let me tell you, for the faithful, these last six months are going to be filled with healing. They're going to be filled with opportunities. They're going to be filled with blessing. They're going to be filled with prosperity. They're going to be filled with relationships coming back together. They're going to be filled with joy, not depression, peace, not anxiety. These last six months are going to be filled with the glory of God. Things you've not been able to get free from for years, you're getting ready to be free from in Jesus' name. You're getting ready to see the glory of God manifested in your life in a new dimension as you press in. Once again, talking to the faithful, you're just getting started. Hallelujah. You're just getting started. Here's what we're going to do. And I've told you this. I want you that are watching, if you've not yet done it, I want you to set up the ability to text me. And it's on the screen for those of you that are watching. If you've not done this yet, I'm doing this for a reason. Because we're going to be in contact as we're fasting and praying. I have some resources for you. And the best way for us to stay in touch with each other is via text message. So if you've not signed up yet, go to miracleword.com forward slash text. And what I want you to do is to fill out that form, put your information directly into my phone. That way we can stay in contact via text message. There are things that I'm going to show you during the fast. There are things that I'm going to give you, resources that are going to be made available to you. And I'm going to stay in touch and get your prayer requests. You'll see what we're believing for. But it's the best way for us to stay in contact. If you've not yet done it, please do it and stay connected with me. And here's what we're going to do. Today, I'm going to be sending you an email with some resources. We start tomorrow. I'm going to send you an email with some resources. And and then we're going to keep moving forward through these 21 days. I'll be doing special teaching once again next week. Beginning on Sunday night, we're back again at nighttime, 9 p.m. like we were before, 9 p.m. next week, Sunday, all the way through Friday, Sunday through Friday, next week in the morning, same time, 10.30 a.m. like we are right now, and then we're doing a special session with everything that's been going on, so many people talking about schools not opening back up. Now so many Christians are saying, I'd rather my kids be schooled at home now that I can see they can do it, all this stuff. But people feel overwhelmed. My wife, who's been homeschooling now for five years, is going to do a special series. You don't want to miss this. 
Parents, listen to me. My wife's going to do a special series next week starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time on all networks, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, live, talking about homeschooling, answering questions, easing your mind. There's people that think, I don't, I don't have, I don't know how, if I have the ability to do it. Uh, you know, I don't have the room in my house. Maybe I need a special room. I need to, I need to have a certain degree, all this stuff. Listen, my wife has been extremely successful homeschooling my children while we're on the road. We travel, we're in the car, we're on planes, we're in hotels, we're around the world doing it on the go. And she's got A students, not because she's giving them A's. I want you to understand something. There's still a school. It's an online academy. You have teachers. You have people grading your papers. But in all of that, traveling around the world, being on the go constantly, being in revival services every single night, we have A students. A students. And I'm telling you, you can do it. Don't be uh, afraid of it. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't feel anxiety about it. You can do it. If it's your desire and if you feel that's the direction you're going to go, this series, you need to be a part of it. 3 p.m. every single day next week, Monday through Friday, my wife's going to be talking about that, how you don't have to be everything you think that you have to be. You can do what God's anointed you to do and be successful. And your children will be blessed by it. So we're going to have a power-packed week next week, 10.30 a.m. normal broadcast, 3 p.m. homeschool session, and 9 p.m. at night, I'm building your faith and getting you prepared during this fast, what God has planned for us. You don't want to miss it. See, everything we're doing is pointing towards this goal of seeing God bless our families. Even though, you know, God spoke to us to launch Miracle Word Kids, all the things we're doing, getting people in faith from a young age. And so I want to pray for you. I want to ask God to give you a new strength as we step into this fast and a hunger for his presence. Now listen, as we're fasting, Eric, it's, it's going to be on this channel right here. It's going to be on the Miracle Word channel on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook. Miracle Word, she, this, this is the channel it's going to be on. But I want to pray for you because I'm going to ask God to give you a new strength and a new hunger for his presence during this time of fasting and prayer. And ask the Lord to use you in a mighty way. Father, I ask you now for every person, for every person that's watching, I pray you set us on fire. Use this time of prayer and fasting to give us a new vision for the future, a new hunger and compassion for souls. Lord, use us mightily before it's too late. I pray that you'd open up doors for us in this time of fasting and prayer. Touch this nation. Use us to drive every spirit of fear and antichrist agenda out of this nation and give us a, a space of grace as you said we would have in September, that you're covering this nation again with a new opportunity, new grace to preach the gospel, new moments to do what you've called us to do before it's too late. Drape your glory over this nation like you said you would. Drape your power. Let revival hit this nation and let the world be changed by your glory in these next upcoming years before Jesus comes. We thank you for it. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, uh, you said, who, who was that? Uh, can I? Rachel Hudson said, is there a way to listen to this broadcast again? Yes. The replay is available on archive on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, as well as we put these usually the next day on our podcast. If you're not subscribed to the audio podcast, you can find it anywhere podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, um, anywhere. 
anywhere and our podcast, subscribe to it. We have new episodes every single day and uh, it's the best way to stay on top of it. Let me encourage those of you that are believing God, the faithful, to partner with us. If you've not done this yet, if you've not had an opportunity to set up a monthly seed, now's the time to do it. We're not just talking the talk. We're walking the walk. It's time. It's time. And we're going to take this generation for Jesus Christ, and you're helping us. You're standing with us. We're a team. We're the family of God. That's why I thank God for you on a daily basis. God's joined us together. We're going to see mighty victories take place uh, in our lives, in our families, but God's using our seeds to touch the world. And so the Lord's speaking to you right now. In fact, let's pray. Father, speak an instruction to every man and woman that's watching. Tell them what you'd have them to do to stand with this ministry in partnership to bless their family, but to bless the families of the world as well. And as we step out in faith and sow these seeds, we thank you. Quick increase is coming in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. Now listen, everybody's at a different level. I understand that. So whatever God speaks to you to do, maybe at this moment you're, at, you're able to do $40 a month. The Lord can, uh, is speaking to you to do that. $100 a month, $250 a month. Whatever it is that the Lord's speaking to you to do, we've asked the Lord just to give you our prayer request, Carolyn and I have asked the Lord to join 1,000 people to us that would sow $85 a month, which is a very, that's a seed that almost everybody in America and around the world can do, most places, in most civilized places. I'm not talking about those that are impoverished. I understand that there's a, a, a gap there. I'm talking about people in places that are established can do that without question. That's about the cost of a cell phone bill, a cable bill, but that you'll catch the vision that Jesus is coming soon and that God would join you to us. Now, if that's you, not you, I understand, but many people, God's already spoken and many are doing even more than that. People that have done $85 a month, the Lord has spoken to them. They've increased it to a hundred a month, 250 a month, 500 a month, 750 a month. Do what the Lord speaks to you to do. And those of you that are partnering with us, I thank you. We're going to be sending to you this month this book by Dr. John Evanzini, Rich God, Poor God, about how Jesus was financially blessed. He could not have been poor. It will open your eyes, I promise you. I watched, uh, I read that book for the first time and it blew my mind, some of the points he pulled out of scripture. So clear that it's impossible for our Lord and Savior to have been cursed or poor. He was blessed. And that's our gift to you this month. Those of you that are partnering with us at $85 or more. And if you'd like to receive that book and uh, you've sown and you're set up to partner with us, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. Those of you that maybe you're sowing by hashtag donate or cash app or Venmo or PayPal, we don't necessarily have your address, but we need it to send you the book and to be a blessing to you. Um, as you are, <clears throat> let me say this, as you've signed up to receive text messages from me, we're also, today we're going to be sending out an email. If you're not on that email list, all you've got to do is go to miracleword.com. You can even click the picture of the magazine. Uh, it's miracleword.com forward slash live. There's a form there. When you fill it out, not only will we send you the magazine for free and an ebook for free if you've never done it, uh, but you'll be able to receive emails from me 
every single week. And there's one, a special one going out today before we begin this fast. So if you've not done that, go to the website, click the picture of the magazine, fill out the form, and uh, you'll be ready to receive that email that's going out today. If you haven't set up your text message yet, please do that. And uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you for those of you that are sewing. We love and appreciate you very much. Um, Tomorrow is the 11th. Today's the 10th. So from the 11th through the 31st, once again, we're fasting and praying. And let me just say this. If you're not going to pray at least an hour a day, then just eat, continue eating. Do something that takes faith to do. Fast and pray. Prayer is the key when you're fasting. So pray at least an hour a day. One of the things we've made available to you is prayer points. Many of you have them already. If you download our free app, the Miracle Word app, in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, we provided those prayer points in the app absolutely free. A hundred prayer points with scriptures attached. And you can have them and you can use them during this time of prayer and fasting. Let me tell you, they will help you to pray for an extended period of time and pray kingdom prayers that are based on the word of God. So we're going to have resources uh, for you. Um, Faith said, Faith, where are you located? Faith Erdman, tell me where you're located. Amen, Cora. So we have those prayer points available to you. We'll make other resources available during this time of prayer and fasting. But take time to pray. Take time during your fast, significant time, to pray at least an hour a day, if not more. You know, we do other things that take an hour. We watch a show on Netflix. There's all kinds of things we could do. Use that time wisely. Use that time wisely. I, I, agree, I agree with Renan. Is it Renan um, or Renan? If you're fasting and not praying, you're just starving yourself. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, if you're out of the country, Faith Ann, let us know where you are. Send an email to Jenna at MiracleWord.com. Listen, I love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with me today. I'm believing this is going to be the best six months we've ever seen, and it will be. I'll be back again. Now, don't forget the schedule. I'll be back again Sunday night, 9 o'clock, starts our night sessions for the week. And then Monday starts the three broadcast a day schedule. 10.30, 3 p.m., 9 p.m., Monday through Friday. But we're starting Sunday night at 9 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. I love you guys. Have a great day. Be blessed over the weekend. I'll talk to you again very soon. I love you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.